Welcome to We Hear Her. I am Erin Trenbeth Murray. And I am Jennifer Bean. We're here today with another amazing woman who's sharing her story and insights to lessons learned. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jennifer Bean, and today I'm here with Melissa Griffith. Melissa, could you introduce yourself for us? Yes, I am so excited to be here today. Um, like Jennifer just said, I'm Melissa Griffith, and I'm the Operations Director for the Young Living Foundation. Who we love. It's a great, great, great company. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, so my job is to essentially connect with people who have the desire to give back and the means to give back and then take those funds and bring them to different countries and different organizations here locally that are in need of just a little hand up. Yes, I love that. You and I have a lot in common mm -hmm. because as the director of fundraising, I speak that language. Yes. I think one of my favorite things that I wouldn't have known uh, as a younger girl, and I would tell her this, that fundraising isn't always about the money. And See, it's, it's a, rarely. It's rarely about the money. But what I do love about it is that I can possibly, if I'm lucky, position myself between someone who needs a hand up and someone who has one to give. Yeah. And I can just say, oh, you should meet this person. Exactly. And that's what I love most about my job. I saw also, when I read your bio, what a, what a lovely life you've had so far, Miss <laughs> Melissa, um, that you have a particularly special place in your heart for issues for women and girls. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit more about that, uh, especially when you uh, factor in that Young Living has a global reach mm -hmm. for impact? Yeah. So fill me in on what you're seeing out there outside of the United States yeah. that are big issues for women and girls, and then we'll jump back over here and see how talk about the yeah, states talk yeah. about the states so um overseas we focus in a handful of different countries um cambodia ecuador uganda just to name a couple wow. and uh, we have partner organizations that are boots on the ground mm -hmm. making waves in these communities um so um one that really stands up to out to me is an organization called hope for justice it's um it's a england-based sex trafficking organization oh, okay so sort of like an operation underground yes very okay. similar okay. they have a couple different um like offices i guess in maybe the satellites States or yeah something like that okay yeah just because the need is growing there's over 40 billion people who are in some form of a traffic situation today that and is mind-blowing it's mind-blowing and with the global shutdowns it ramped up um just yeah. because like a lot of people just think like, oh my gosh, people are breaking into homes and like taking kids. No. no. Like some of these moms, it comes down to, do I sell my child right. for a bag of sugar to feed my other seven children? Sacrifice one to save the rest. Yes. And I can't even imagine being in a position where to that was- To make that decision. Yeah. Yeah. Me like, either. That's not an option, but for right. some people- it Neither is of the, those things are an option, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Our but, ultimatums sometimes aren't as large as that. Yeah. But- so, yeah, exactly. Sometimes they are. <laughs> yeah. So um, I got to go there, gosh, 2019, just because I haven't. Yeah. So I actually brought a group with me to explore one of their lighthouses is what it's called. And it's the first place to go that people um, 
have when they're rescued girls in between the age of uh, 11 and 14, I believe, are okay. rescued. And they call them a lighthouse? A lighthouse. I like that. I love that, too. I want to get, like, a tattoo or something. You should. Something <laughs> that signifies it. Yeah. That's it. And it's sort of like a safe haven for them while they're in transition? Mm-hmm. Yep. So the goal is always reunification. Uh, they want to reunite with the families. But if that isn't in the best interest of the child, um, they can teach them different trades. Uh, like when we were there, we went to a bakery that is actually meant for, it's a... Um, a social, uh, I can't think of the term, but it's like a social give back. So they oh, hire people who are in need while I learning understand the what train. you're saying. Yeah. So there's sort of this, this intern process mm-hmm. for them to learn on the job yeah. and use their skills, learn new skills. Yes. Yes. So, but, oh my goodness, the first time I went, I came home and I was broken. Like these girls, they're shy and there's obviously the language barrier, but like the twinkle in their eye, I was just broken because I'm like, how is this happening? Yeah. Um, after it like. It's real. Yeah. In this day and age. Exactly. Yeah. So after like months of therapy <laughs> I, <laughs> and some heavy bills later. Yes, I get you. I get you. <laughs> um, I realized that even that one soul mattered. Like, so yeah. my organization so far has donated um, almost $5 million to end trafficking within our generation. Thank you. And I mean. To you and Young Living for it's, that. It's amazing the opportunity that, that we have as such a large company to do something like that. Right. Um, if we would have just spent $5 million on that one soul, it would have been worth it. Because yes. every every single person is just it extremely does. important. So. It just matters. Yeah. So you travel a lot. And I'm, I'm as a fundraiser, again, I think what a gift that is for you to see it firsthand. Yeah. So that you can come back and tell a story. Agreed. Agreed. What is the story that you tell some of your larger donors oh. about how their dollar makes a difference? So there is actually, do you want like an actual story? I do. Okay. Let's see. So juicy. there was, let's see, last year um, in the States, I think it was like in um, South Carolina or something okay. like that. Yeah. Um, there was this woman. And so, all right, re- rewind. Okay. We'll okay. Start at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> so when, um, after somebody has been rescued from a traffic situation, they go through like a whole rehab, they go through some care, therapy, all of sure. the different things. Life-changing, I'm yes. sure. Yes. Yeah. And then the goal is always like, we don't want them to be defined by their past. We want them to overcome what has happened to them and move, and forward, move forward as a stronger, capable woman. Yes. Um, and so not like wallow on what happened and that now becomes who they are. So right. um, there's a woman who was... Um, who was back east somewhere and it was February it was either February or March and a a social worker came to her house and was like Christmas lights are still on why are our Christmas lights still on we're busy yeah and so she was like you know most people actually take down their Christmas lights after Christmas yeah and this woman like looks at her and she says this is actually the first Christmas that I've ever had with my son you see, I was, I was trapped in a dog kennel is where I've been living for the last seven years. Oh, my. And because of the work that Hope for Justice got to do and how, how they found her or yeah. um, she's freed from that. And she's like, I want to make this Christmas last as long as I can. Absolutely. So like that, a simple like dollar donation or a $500 donation, right. whatever people can do goes to 
changing lives to the core of the right. human. Absolutely. I think that story is such a important reminder also that they're right in they're right in our midst. Yeah. These people that need that need help. Yeah. That need that hand yeah. to lift them up. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, like so I've been in this role for almost four years and like I've always had a huge heart for like, yeah, like I'm the strangest mix of like big heart and like bold attitude, right? <laughs> <laughs> what if we like that mix? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually like figuring out that they can exist. exist. Like you can live within that tension. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because like, I don't know, like I've always had some form of passion in the work that I've got to do. Sure. And I understand like not everyone has the opportunity to work for a foundation or a nonprofit or has the desire to do so. Right, right. But like having that passion or something that you can make a difference. Mm -hmm. Like even if it's in your job connecting with somebody who just needs that connection. I, I just think like living with the goal of what can I do now yeah. in the now yeah. is, is just kind of becoming this heartbeat for me. Oh, so. I love how you describe that. And I, I also, it come, it brings to mind the, the idea that what I found actually with women who succeed, and that is when you can actually be lucky enough to do the work that you are committed and called to do yeah. and then get paid for it at the end of the day and then maybe change somebody's life in yeah. the meantime. Yeah. With women who succeed, it's been really cool. So I'm um, one of the mentors for some you of the girls. You are, aren't oh. you? Oh my gosh, they're so lucky. I, Do they know how cool you are? I mean, I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty. I pretty <laughs> much told them. <laughs> no, it has like I have walked away from each one of those sessions just like humbled to my knees because I'm like these girls are incredible. Oh, like I had to Google some of the things that they were even talking about at school because I'm like so out of it, but. <laughs> they to see this future generation coming up and like the tenacity that they have inspires me to want to be better. Right. So I just love like the give and take relationship with the mentor mentee program. Right. It's been I'm it's been I'm amazing. so glad that you mentioned that because we've you know in in building this initiative and and all of these beautiful programs that we we hope to offer um, for impact the mentorship program has really been the backbone yeah. really of what we're doing because that's where we really see that payoff, yeah. right? We have girls like you, women like you with big personality and bold attitude and a huge heart. <laughs> and you can see in these girls something that they may not be able to see. Yeah. Is there anything in those girls that reminds you of yourself maybe as a you know, as a young woman? That's a great question. Yes, I would say. Um, one girl... I bet you have that tenacity <laughs> that you mentioned. One girl in particular, yeah. like, she's quiet until you get her talking, and I'm like, tell me more. <laughs> um, but she's, like, in honors and, like, just slaying yeah. her, her um, education. And then when she found out what I was doing, her mom actually joined in because she's like, I want to know some details. <laughs> tell me. Yeah. Um, but... She, I, I found out like she's even, she's, she's creating cards that she's giving to an organization who is sending to like prisoners or something. So they have cards that they can write to their loved ones. And I'm like, you're 16. Like, how are you so amazing? Did you, did it cross your mind and be like, are you not going to the football game tonight? <laughs> 
what I did when I was 16. Right? No, and she's like, she's taking the time out of her already crazy busy schedule as a 16-year-old adorable girl yeah. to like figure out ways that she can make a difference. Make a difference. I, I'm yeah. just in love and so... Any advice for these girls? Or maybe even the advice that you see you would have given yourself at that age? Yeah. Um, I think two things. Number one, fight to find your passion. Like Love explore it. so much to figure out what you're passionate about. I didn't actually figure out what I was passionate about until I was like 30. I was just right? like shotgunning all these things right and left. Right. I hear what you're saying. And I can remember thinking passion and excitement were the same thing. Right. Like if I, if I was excited about it, then. You're passionate. Yeah, yeah. That's not it. It's not it. No. It's yeah. different than that. It's bigger than that. It is. It's like in your soul to yeah. do something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then I think the second thing would be you're not alone. Mm. Um, especially in today's day and age with everything just being really polarized across the board. Social media telling us that we're not pretty enough. Such divisiveness. Yes. And yeah. Um, I like. Put the phone down, put your head up, and see that you're not alone. Like, there are so many people going through the same things. We just need that, like, vulnerableness and that realness with right. each other so we can, like, we're the same, you, me and right. you. Like, right, Let's do this life together. I love that. And and you know what? I think, I think sometimes what I see even in my own kids when they put their phone down and look up and see what's around them is that there isn't that much difference between you and I. Yeah. And that it's not quite as hard as we think it's going to be. Yeah. If we just start, start and start somewhere. Yeah. And maybe ask somebody to join us. Yeah. So you posted something on LinkedIn maybe a month, six oh, weeks ago. You I went know. into the archives. I know. I sure did. I researched hard for this. No, it came up on my feed and it has stuck with me. And every time I hear your name, I think of it. And it was, um, let's normalize not overworking. Yeah. Tell me how you are doing this. I think it's such, the reason it has resonated with me is because I'm trying to figure that out. Me too. Sometimes I feel like if I overwork, then I um, exceed expectations yeah. and really produce. Yeah. And yet no one knows like how exhausting that is when you go home and you have lost the balance to you know, get in a, a hike over the weekend or have dinner with your kids because yeah. you're trying to do it all. Yeah. And at some point you can't. You break. So you break. Yeah. And so how, how are you doing that? How are you navigating um, this challenge that you've even offered yourself on <laughs> LinkedIn to normalize having a balanced life and, you know, as a woman, as a leadership executive? Yeah. Yeah, I more. struggle, man. I struggle. It's tough. Um, I posted it as a reminder for myself that Perfect. this is not okay. Right. Um, and it happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. And my job is so interesting as well because my job is also like my heart. And so. Me too. Yeah, you yeah. get it. So it's like an emotional give right. everywhere you go. Yeah. yeah. Which is amazing, but it's also that much more exhausting. And there's a flip side yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I don't have a family yet. Yeah. Um, it'll happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> yep. Um, but I, I know that my best self is when I'm not working these 70, 80 hour work weeks. Sure. And I do think there's something about a woman, like for better or worse, we have this idea that we're supposed to be superheroes. Right. Which we are without already. <laughs> yeah. We're already the hero. Right. Yeah, I think exactly. you can bring that up. Yes. So I think, I think like acknowledging that more hours doesn't 
equal better. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's been studies that have done on like the four day work week. Um, that's actually saying if you give yourself this much time, yeah, you'll get a lot done. Yeah. You know, so for me, something that I do, um, is I intentionally schedule things. Like I intentionally schedule hikes in the morning on my calendar with some friends or Good like you. dinners or top golf right. or something. So uh, yeah. I'm forced to leave the office and I'm yeah. hoping that this becomes a habit for me. So I'm like in the process of creating that habit of getting out of there by five. I love it. Practice. Yes. Right? yes. We yeah. can all, we can all use practice. Yes. And I'm trying to do, I'm trying to live by this, um, mantra that's created a little bit from your post. Mm -hmm. And that is, I need to do blank to show up as my best self at the office. Yes. It, and it's not, the word is not more. Mm -hmm. Never. It is a walk. I need to get my nails done. I need to dive into this book. I need to listen to a podcast. Yeah. And it is far more inspiring than to go back to the office and give your best self. Yeah. Right? You can because actually you, show up. Yeah. Because you have nurtured that in you and have it now to share. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And it's funny. Like now that I've realized that I've allowed myself to think that overworking is better. Right. Um. I, I can now acknowledge when, like, I'm not being my best self. This week, I haven't been my best I self. I mean, I've been here 80 <laughs> hours, and, and about 40 of it was my best self. Yeah, like, I should have stopped, you know? So, right. like, I, I screw up all the time, you know, like, this right. week within itself. I'm like, oh, I would have done some things differently. But I give myself grace. I forgive yes. myself. And then tomorrow's a new day. Absolutely. Um, I actually read this thing. It was, like, living your day in quarters. Like a football game? Oh, yeah. So you like... You're a Ute fan. I'm such a Ute fan. I used to work there. I love it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's like you reset every quarter. Like, okay, what happened this morning happened. Yeah. Celebrate your wins. Move on from the losses and then start over. Right. And I think like trying to do that where it's, it allows you to do that hard reset. I um, like that. Yeah. I really like that idea because oftentimes... Um, if you if you can if you don't break it up like that, it's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard to see the small wins. Yeah. Or capitalize on a small thing to get a big win. Exactly. Yeah. And it takes a lot of intentionality in doing so. Right. But if you're if we could all just pause and be a little bit more intentional, I think that the work that we would do would be even better. Even more life changing. Yeah. It is. What do you have left um, to do? What don't I have left oh, to do? Oh, good answer. <laughs> I knew she'd bite. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, gosh, my professional growth, it's its interesting. This is the first time in my life that I haven't seen a clear stepping stone to what my next career path is going How's to be. How's that feel? Anxious. I'm anxious. Sure. Um, is your foot like hovering yeah, over the running water and like, you're like, where should I step? Yeah. Like I'm, I love what I'm doing, um, but like I, I'm not saying like my next step is to be executive director. Like I love what I'm doing. And so I'm like forcing myself to be okay in it right and focusing on family and like personal health and some things so like I guess I've always lived in this like everything's constantly changing like let's sure. keep going let's keep growing let's right. be better let's yeah. be the next big thing next 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 yeah next. yeah so like not to be complacent but to be like proud of where I am and then right. be able to focus on like I said my health or um starting a family or whatever that looks right. like just to just just just, just to like be. you like you said before pause yes for a minute and that's yeah. okay yeah it's okay to pause yeah Melissa thank you so much mm, for sharing you. what you're doing for women and girls 
across the globe. Wow. This is amazing. I love that you have stories to share and experiences and a big heart and tears to back it up. Thank, <laughs> oh, thank you, you so much. So much. Yeah. Ever. It's been a great time. Yes. Thank you for taking time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more at womenwhosucceed.org. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Clark and Christine Ivory Foundation.